listen in for messages from this episode. Man, do we put a lot of pressure on ourselves, right? We yes. think, oh, what is my purpose and what am I here for? And we and we want to have the answer right now. Yeah. Like our job is to simply take the next step that we can take. And we will know because we'll feel in alignment in the work that we're doing, in what we're creating. Because when when we go back into kind of our kind of our gut instinct of stuff, we know what we find interesting. We know what brings us joy. We know what we really love to do. We just don't always go in that direction. Beautiful soul, have you ever wanted to speak to angels? Do you believe angels can support you in your daily life? If this is you, go to my website homepage, theangelmedium.com and sign up for my weekly angel message email. As a gift for signing up, I'm giving you access to free resources, including 31 healing meditations that if you do daily are going to help you hear your angels and your own intuition more clearly. Start using these today and you'll see changes in 31 days. Now, take a deep breath. Feel the presence of your angels as they fill you with love, joy, peace, bliss, and ease. And remember, your angels say the messages that resonate with you in today's episode are meant just for you. Hello, beautiful souls. Welcome back to the Angels and Awakening podcast. I'm your host and author, Julie Jancis. And today we have a very, very fun topic for you. If you have thought within your life, oh my goodness, you know, I started out my career. I loved, loved, loved what I was doing, but now I feel just kind of like this mundane energy and I want to feel revitalized. I want to feel like I'm living again. Friends, you do not have to leave your job and go start something completely new. And that's what our guest today, Kate Volman, is here to talk about. She is the author of the brand new book, Do What You Love. And Kate, I know this isn't going to be your last book. You are phenomenal at this. I'm so excited to just share your knowledge with um, our audience because you know what I have found along the way is that there are so many people who allow their energy to just become mundane. And, and then we question why we feel stuck or why we feel lost, but we have to reinvigorate our lives with joy. And it doesn't mean trashing everything that we've built. We can start from right here. Yeah. Yeah. And well, first of all, thank you so much for having me on the show. You are just you are, you have this voice that I could just listen to forever. Like all of your episodes are just full of positivity and joy and just, it's amazing. So I am very grateful that you invited to me, me to be a guest on the show. And, um, yeah, this, this book is so important to me to get out into the world because of exactly what you're talking about. We, as we get older, oftentimes we kind of forget about those creative pursuits, those, those soulful activities that just bring so much joy to our life. It's like, you know, singing, dancing, photography, video creation, it's gardening, it's poetry, writing, 
so many people want to write more. They want it. They have a dream of writing a book. They have a dream of learning how to write poetry or do music or photography. And we just don't really allow ourselves to tap into our creative, our creative pursuits. And when we are allowing ourselves to be more creative, all of that energy flows into other areas of our lives. And so when you talk about, you don't have to leave your job. We just have to tap into what are those things that you really find fascinating and interesting and that you really want to explore, but that you really don't allow yourself to. Okay. So spirit brought through like this message and you know, sometimes where you get those just huge aha moments in your life and it's like the clouds part and the sun is shining down. It's like, oh, like divine (laughs) inspiration coming through. And I had this very, very profound, almost like stop in your tracks moment where I heard my spirit team say very clearly, everything in this world is an expression of God. Everything that we do, writing, poetry, um, gardening, going for a walk outside, conversation with a friend over lunch, it's all an expression of God. I love that. Yeah. And it's it's true because it's it's so whatever your creative pursuits are, they're inside of you for a reason, right? Like God, like they, they, it's there, it's placed in you, it's meant for you, it's not going away. Yeah. Right? Like we have those those feelings over it, they're not gonna go away. And it's up to us to feed that creative spirit because you were given that creative spirit, right? Yeah. Like that is part of you. And so it is your responsibility to feed it and give it attention and love. And that's really what this book is about is I shared the seven myths that stop people from exploring their creativity and their passions. And I love that you talked about it's it is that expression of God because everything that you do. I mean, I have a podcast, Julie, I have a podcast called create for no reason. It's create for no reason, but the reason I love it's double meaning. There is a reason you create for the joy of it. The reason of creating is that self-expression and it's the getting the joy from it. And then when you actually explore that creativity, what happens? You meet new people, you, you expand your, your network, you build relationships, you find new passions, you find new communities. And that's what life is about. It's about connection. It's about creating and really doing all of those pieces, those, those, those things that are inside of you that you feel really called to do. And when you're not doing that, that's when we feel out of alignment. That's when we get that mundane life where we're like, oh, same thing over and over every day. But when we are exploring our passions and creativity, we just have more fulfillment in our lives in all of those different areas. So could we take exactly what you just said and say it in a different way and say that when something is truly calling to you within your heart and it won't leave, it's just gently tapping at your heartstrings, that is God wanting to express itself through you. And when you deny the callings of your heart, you are denying God. You are Mm. denying the creation of God within this world. Yeah. I mean, think about that. If you put it that way, you have to go after your passion. (laughs) Yeah. I mean... (laughs) I mean, really, right? If I mean that 
that is a beautiful way to put it. That would really push someone to explore their creativity. If you really believed exactly what Julie just said, how could you not? How could you not give into that? You could, how could you not give into that creative spirit that God has placed in your soul to put out into the world to create something that you have no idea what's on the other side? Right. Like, it's like, I think about that all the time. I'm always like, I don't know, God, like whatever you have for me, I guess you're working on something really big that I have no idea what's on the (laughs) other side of, but you have to put that trust into it, but you have to lean into that calling because only by, by leaning into that calling and pursuing those passions, will you discover what is meant for you on the other side? Okay. So let's take this another step further, because when a lot of people talk about purpose, and and I think this is a huge block for a lot of people, a lot of people think to themselves, how do you know? How do you really know what your purpose is? And I I want to get your feedback on this. My answer to that would be, you don't, you know what the next step is is and you have to take that next step because when you look back hindsight is 2020 and you are going to understand why god called you to do that but you might not know for 10 20 30 years and i'll give you an example here i was having a a conversation with my 12 year old daughter the other day and i was telling her i was like you have to follow the next step that God is giving you. And you might not understand why God's calling you to this. And you might think it's for no reason. Like I was really into journalism from age like 13, 14 through age 22. And if you would have asked my 33-year-old self, why did I do journalism for all those years? I'd be like, to hell if I know, because it has not served me in my later years at all. But then when God placed it on my heart to start the podcast, I would not have had the courage, the confidence, the know-how, the the built-in muscle within me to just know how to go do this without those almost 10 years of journalism experience in my early years, like 14. That's, oh, that's right. That, that, that is a beautiful example. In fact, so <laughs> I know we're only on a podcast, but I'm going to show Julie this little note that I have on my computer and it's a pink note and it says, it's always worth it. And I share this, I have this on my computer because I always think about how it's always worth it to explore what interests us at that time. So journalism, you found it interesting back then and you learned a lot. And then you got to take all of those skills. So every single thing that we do throughout our whole lives and our career, we just never know how we're going to gain new skills and what we're going to and how we're going to use them in other areas of our lives. It might not be till 10 years from now, but that's the beautiful thing about leaning into what we find interesting today, right? Like I'm sure we've all found things interesting years ago in our 20s that in our 30s, we were no longer interested. And then in our 40s and 50s and beyond, and we keep moving and exploring. And so when we think about purpose, it's so, man, do we put a lot of pressure on ourselves, right? We think, oh, what is my purpose? And what am I here for? And And we want to have the answer right now. And so I love that you shared your only, I always talk about your our only job is to show up and do the work. Like our job is to simply take the next step that we can take. And we will know because we'll feel in alignment in the work that we're doing, in what we're creating. 
Because when, when we go back into kind of our, kind of our gut instinct of stuff, we know what we find interesting. We know what brings us joy. We know what we really love to do. We just don't always go in that direction. And so if we think about, if we think about the next step and that's our only job is to take that next step, man, it makes it so much easier right? Like it's easier to actually do the thing that we might be putting off for so long because it's not the right time. Or who am I to do? Who am I to start this podcast? Who am I to write this book? Or it's not perfect. I can't share this out into the world because it doesn't look the way I want it to, or it's not as perfect as I want it to be. So all of these things stop us when really all we need to do is show up and do the work and know that it's about the process. It's about the process. It is 110%. Well, and what I really like about your work and your message out into the world is that you really make this practical where people can really bring it into their lives and integrate it, which I think a lot of people actually struggle to do a lot of teachers and you bring it into people's lives where you're kind of like, Hey, stop having this idea that you have to quit your job to follow your joy. You do not have to do that. And it's something that I had spirit show me right when I was um, starting my business, because I think as a, a lot of healers are called to step into this work, what we feel at the very beginning is like, oh, like, I just want to leave my full-time job, leave like my part-time job, be a healer 24-7. If I could just do that, my life would be perfect. And that's not how it works. And if you look at all of the greats, I would say if you look at almost any of the New York Times bestselling authors who are healers, you can go back and look at their story and find that their full-time job or their part-time job funded them starting their own venture, their own business. And not only that, but if you look at, um, I watched a documentary once that talked about healers around the world. And this isn't just healers. You could apply this to any person. But healers around the world, most countries, a healer has a fuller part-time job and in addition is a priest, priestess, healer within their community. And that's very, very eye-opening because maybe the perspective that we hold here in the United States of it has to fit into one of these two boxes, either I do my joy full-time, 100%, or I don't do it at all. Maybe that is a huge blockage for a lot of people from stepping into their passion. Wow, thank you so much to the 250 people who raised their hand to volunteer and start a local chapter of spiritual women in their part of the world. If you'd like to join one of these free local chapters and hang out with spiritual women in your area, go over to my website, theangelmedium.com and enter your email address at the top of the homepage. Soon, we'll be sending you an email with a list of local chapters you can join for free. 
And friends, I'd love your help getting the word out about this. If you're a podcaster who'd be willing to have me on your show to talk about this community project or an influencer who'd be willing to go live with me on social media, maybe you own your own business and your clients would love this. We can send you info that you can email to them. Or if you have another idea of how we could get the word out, we'd love your help connecting as many women around the world as possible through local chapters of spiritual women that we're forming right now. In the show notes, there's a link to a form you can fill out to help us get the word out. You can also use this form to become a local chapter leader. Oh, friends, I feel the magic. I hope you feel the magic too. The angels are putting together this incredible worldwide network of soul sisters. And I am just so excited to see how they work through us to help bring us together in friendship and serve the world. Yeah, I think there's a lot to be said about that, especially because we live in a very interesting time where you can turn your passion into a business, right? You can, your podcast can be a business. You can blog for a business. You can have an online community and, and earn an income doing that. So there's so many ways that you can take a passion project and turn it into a business. And it's a beautiful thing and it's wonderful and great and amazing. However, to your point, what happens is a lot of people, we we feel like it's all or nothing. We Mm -hmm. feel like we're going to start this. I mean, look, you have a podcast and you have a really, you're building a really wonderful community, but that takes time. Like, right. Like it's, it takes a lot of time, energy, and effort, which is what most people don't want to do. Like they love the idea of I'm going to start a podcast tomorrow. And then in a month, I'm going to have Spotify call me and have this big deal and blow me up. Like that is not how it works. And so when we can take the pressure off ourselves and say, Hey, I'm going to do this for, for work. And I'm going to earn my income doing this for right now. And then I'm going to try podcasting. I'm going to start blogging. I'm going to, I'm going to do pottery or, or art or whatever it is, but also understand. I mean, I've had friends that one of my friends, he is a beautiful woodworker. He loves being in his, um, in his, in his workshop, in the back of his, of his home, he loves creating. And what happened was people started finding his work and they started ordering from him. And so he started building this business and Julie, he called me up one day. He was so upset because he thought, I feel like I'm just like a machine now. They see this piece of work and they want the same exact thing. So now I'm like churning things out. He's like, I'm not Ikea. He's like, I'm an artist. I want to be an artist and I just want to go back in there and I want to turn on my music and I want to just hang out and I want to create what I want to create. And so he actually stopped doing the business. He thought it would be really cool to have that as a business that he could do full time. But what turns out, he didn't want to do that at all. He loves that his workshop is his sanctuary. His workshop is where he gets to just sit and create and be and have fun. And that is what brings him so much joy. And so he still has his full-time job and then he does this job for the fun of it. And so this is why we have to give ourselves a little bit of grace when we're creating, because you're allowing yourself to kind of step into these different creative projects that, Hey, maybe one day it would turn into a full-time thing and maybe it won't. But if you don't give yourself time to explore without the pressure 
of, oh my gosh, I have to quit my job tomorrow and figure out how I'm going to be a full-time healer or a full-time at doing yoga, right? I have plenty of my friends that are yoga instructors that they thought they wanted to be a yoga instructor as a full-time thing. They got certified and now they teach a class here and there, but they actually don't want to ever own a studio or be a full-time yoga teacher, but they're so happy that they invested the time and energy to get certified. And now they have this new practice and it got them into other health and fitness related things. One of my girlfriends wrote a book because of it. So again, it always goes back to, you start to explore and it opens up all of these new ideas and these new doors. And every single thing that you do, you're gaining new skills, new knowledge, and all of those things that you're going to collect that are going to help you in that next adventure that you decide to go on. Yeah. There's a couple of points that I want to touch on with that. One of them is what I see a lot of times within myself and within others is that once we have this next step, we're like, okay, God's telling me to take this course or go through this certification program or, you know, start this hobby we almost put all of our eggs in one basket. Like, this is it. This is the end all be all. I had this energy with my daughter when she was very young and very ill. And we'd go, we had like 12 different doctors and 12 different, 12, 14 different therapists. And you'd have this new person come in and you're like, okay, she's going to have all the answers. She's going to help fix this kid so that she's not so sick anymore. And, and my daughter is just going to thrive and she's going to be so much better. And we do that with our own lives. And we're like, okay, God's giving me this next step. If I just do this, everything's going to be perfect and everything's going to fit. But it's not, it's one puzzle piece. And I think that what happens is that God keeps kind of niching us down to become maybe the expert in an area. And that takes learning multiple different things and maybe fusing them together. There's a lot of that happening within the healing world, the spiritual world, where it's not just one thing. You're called to learn X, Y, and Z, put them together and create your own thing. Yeah. I, I love that. I mean, that's what, that is what we're here for, right? Like we're meant to create, we're meant to be creative and we're meant to experience lots of different areas, but we have to be open to noticing what those things are. And I talk a little bit about what, what you're referring to in my book. I called it the happiness trap because we typically overestimate how happy we will be when we get the new job or when we become that full-time person that does this or when we start the podcast or when all of those things and we so we think oh this is going to make me happy and then when we, when we actually achieve that thing we realize oh wait a second i don't i don't feel the way that i thought i was going to feel and so often we feel like we're going to feel finished right? But Julie, we're never finished, right? Because as long as we're here on this planet, we're meant to continue to explore. And so we're never going to actually get there. In fact, I always, I think about so many of the people that I really look up to and that I follow, and they say the same thing. They always say, hey, you guys, when they're talking to their community, they say, you guys are looking at me thinking, hey, I want to be like more like this person when they're looking at someone else ahead of them and saying, I want to be more like that person because there's always another level to reach, another place to go, another idea that you can start to, to pursue and go after. And, and that's the journey. And so when we can 
when we can be kind to ourselves and know that, hey, you're good enough exactly where you are, exactly yeah. what you're doing. You know, I always say, you know, God's timing is not my timing. And so I just have to be patient with it. And when we can be very clear and comfortable wherever we are and just leaning into those those passion projects and those things that we really do enjoy and that we love, we can't lose. Like we yeah. can't lose as long as we're showing up. Yeah. It's so fascinating because I think you're just spot on with all of this. I had a, a point, I know that spirit will bring it back, but I really want to ask this. How do people start following that passion when a lot of people who listen to this podcast are moms or, you know, still working and they have jobs and just tons of responsibilities. And they're looking at their lives saying, Kate, where can I fit in one more thing? I, I don't know where to fit in my joy and my passion into this busy, busy schedule. Yeah, it's a, you know, it's a really good question. And I was very intentional about, so that one of the myths is there's not enough time, right? Like we've all experienced there's not enough time. And I was really intentional when I wrote this section because I am not a mom. I have a sister, I I have nieces and nephews and I love them. And so, so I know that everyone's situation is very different, right? Like some people have a family and dogs and pets and kids and all the things running around and some people don't. And so I don't pretend that it's easy to find time, right? However, the way that I really talk about it in the book is that there are pockets of time. And I think that when we think about creativity and we think about adding things to our schedules, so often we think I need five hours or four hours or two hours or or even an hour, but we don't, we don't need that much time in order to just kind of do some of the things that we love. I work with a lot of different clients and many of them, they want to have a better fitness routine. They want to read more books. Great. Well, they think if they don't have an hour to sit down and read like 50 pages, they end up not doing any of it. Instead of saying, Hey, can you read two or three pages a day? Like what is possible? So I always look at it from the perspective of what is possible, right? Like, do you have five extra minutes, 10 extra minutes, even if it's just a week or a month? And when you really look, I do this. um, So I used to run this program called Inspired Action and I did this for women. And part of the section was around get your time back. And so I had them put out a piece of, pull out a piece of paper. And on one side, they wrote time wasters. And on the other side, they wrote time enhancers. Now time wasters are all of those things that we've all done. We're scrolling on social media. We're surfing the web. We're online shopping for things that we don't need. Like <laughs> we're doing all of those things. And those are time wasters. Then we have our time enhancers and our time enhancers are things like we're learning something new. We are spending time with our kids and our families because that that gives us energy, right? And so when you look at that list, you can really start discovering, you know, I say I don't have any time. However, I really do spend a lot of time on X, Y, Z that I don't need to. And we've got to get rid of those pieces. Now, I'm not saying to everyone, like, don't ever look at social media and don't watch your favorite Netflix shows. However... However, we've all been there where we're like, oh, I have no time. And yet you sit through three episodes of your favorite series. And when is that really necessary? 
you know, instead of going and playing the guitar or doing some of the writing that you keep saying you want to do. And so I just think it's important for people to be very honest with themselves about how they're spending their time and that knowing that when you can find pockets of time, like just find pockets of time, five minutes here, 10 minutes there. It's the same thing with meditation, right? Lots of people say they want to have a meditation practice, but they don't have time when it could literally be five minutes. Go outside, take a walk if you're you know, on your little lunch break, or there's got to be some place that you can fit something in. For most people, it's possible. So I always look at it like, Tell me what's possible. If an hour is impossible, great. What is possible? There's got to be somewhere in that happy medium, right? If if it's if it can't be all day, how much time of your day can it really be? And when we look at it from that perspective, we're like, okay, if I'm really honest, I could I could find 15 minutes to, you know, play the piano or read a great book or do some writing. Because that's building the muscle memory. And, and when you start to build up that muscle memory, that's when you become resilient and you build up that strength within you to really keep lengthening, stretching your practice of joy further and further and further. Yeah. And it's almost like, I always look at it like, um, (laughs) when you do more of those things, think about it. You, if you had the decision to either sit on the couch and watch a Netflix show, which, hey, can be totally fun, or you spent that time playing the piano because you keep saying you want to play the piano. What happens when you actually sit down and play the piano? Sometimes you just get so excited because you love doing it that you're like, I'm just going to play for 10 minutes. But then... 30 minutes goes by because you're just having so much fun. It brings so much energy into your life. And so you might've been tired, but when you actually start doing that thing that you love, it's bringing that that energy back into your life. And that's what's so great about our creative pursuits is it gets to do exactly that. Like Mm -hmm. what it does for us on the other side of creating it brings back that enthusiasm. It brings back that engagement that sometimes we lack in life, which is why we choose to be more passive and maybe just kind of like sit and watch TV or scroll on social media versus being excited to pursue that passion, whatever it is. I like to think about everything in life as as energy. And there are just all of these different energies. And there are energies that feel still, like they're not moving, almost kind of like they're dead, I want to say, energies. And then there's a, a live aliveness, fullness, excitement, passion. And um, have you heard of the term um, digital dementia? Digital? No, I've heard of digital minimalism. (laughs) Okay. I think this is a term that really needs to catch on digital dementia because I know in the people around me who are constantly scrolling their phone, you can see their mind work slower. And I can see it in myself when I have days where I'm maybe not working on my laptop, but I'm working constantly on my phone. I also think when we're flipping so much, you know, from one thing to the next and not just concentrating on getting one thing done. Um, We see this too. But if you notice a slowness within yourself to anybody listening, kind of watch that and look up that term digital dementia, because I think it, it is creating this more slow energy within us and taking a break from that and really getting into your joy 
to your point, Kate, five minutes here, five minutes there is really going to aliven your energy again. Yeah. And we, I mean, we've all, we've all scrolled too, too much on social media at one point or another. And there is so much data around, I mean, look, it gives you that little hit of dopamine. And so what's happening in our brains is that you're getting that dopamine hit and we just need more and more of it, which is why we're staying online. And then it's like harder to get that dopamine hit. It's, I mean, the science behind it is so crazy, but what's so, I mean, there's tons of data too on going outside and being in nature, how we should wake up and, and, and in some way be able to get outside and kind of see the sunrise. And then how important it is to be able to go outside and see the sunset too. And just being outside and allowing, even just going for a walk or doing something like that, that just kind of sparks that different side of our brain. We've got to get out of the, from behind the screens all day long and start doing more of this stuff. And we'll start to see more of that energy boost uh, because we just get too kind of caught up in it. It's just, I mean, there was that one documentary on Netflix that literally talks about the people that run those organizations and how they are doing it on purpose. Like they know how to keep us on these, on these platforms. And yet we still, we, we know it. That's the crazy part. We know that it's happening and we still allow ourselves to do it. And so I'm a big that's fan addiction. of, you know, that's addiction. It It, it, it is a hundred percent addiction. But and so that's, that's why where we're, that's where we're making choices, like maybe yeah. even subconsciously, but we are making choices. And, you know, I had a meeting a couple of weeks ago with a group of healers and life coaches and therapists that all get together. And one of the topics that they brought up is like, do you have clients who say they want to make these changes in their lives and go and do the thing that is calling to their heart, but they just don't do it. And they don't just do it for six months or a year. They don't do it for two, three, four years, and they're still talking about it. And it was really interesting because around the entire circle, everybody perked up and everybody's like, oh my goodness. Like you see that too, you see that too. And it's not everybody, but you do have some people who talk about wanting to do the thing, but then they just don't go do the thing. And I get it. You know, some people need six months. They need eight months. There are big decisions being made. Maybe you need a year. At what point do you just go do the thing? And why aren't some people just going to do the thing? They know it's calling to their heart. Oh, I know, Julie. It's like, that is what in the coaching world, you see it all the time, right? And that's, so in my book, I have this thing called the passion loop. And the passion loop is this, you have this idea, like I want to write a book. Let's just say, I want to write a book. And then you immediately think, I want to do that. That's a, that's a good idea. I'm going to do that. And then almost immediately, what happens? You start making excuses. Who am I to write this book? I don't know how to do it. You like, (laughs) exactly. Self-doubt. I'm not good enough. All of those things. You make up all these excuses. So then it's out of your mind. But a week later, a month later, a year later, you think, hey, I'm going to write a book. I want to do that. Then you make excuses. So you're stuck in this passion loop. So how do you get out of the passion loop? It's what we've been talking about. You take that first step. You do it anyway. 
You, you understand that, Hey, these are the excuses, but I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to take action. And when you do break out of the passion loop, that's when you start to see those new passions evolve, those new experiences, those new skills, joy, fulfillment, meaning, purpose, all of that stuff is found when you start exploring those passions. So you have to break out of the passion loop. And one of the best ways to do that, well, besides just the taking action, but on the coaching side, this is why coaches exist is accountability. I mean, honestly, this is what happens. I was working with a client who wanted to write a book for, oh, he, he was, he'd been talking about it for over five years. Mm -hmm. And what was stopping him? Nothing was stopping him except for himself and his self-talk. And so within a year of work, of us working together, he had his book, it was published, yes. it was out. He started getting speaking gigs. He started getting new consulting clients. Yes. But he did like, he could have done that five years ago. <laughs> I just had this happen this last year. I mentored, uh, I started a mentorship program where I work with people um, either monthly or weekly and um, mentored somebody all of last year through getting her book out. Exact same thing. She was able then to get it done and published, not just done, but it was done, edited, published within the year. Amazing. Yeah. I mean, it, it is. Oh, so one of my favorite quotes uh, is math is by Matthew Kelly. And he, and he says, um, we overestimate what we can accomplish in, we overestimate what we can accomplish in a year and underestimate what we can accomplish in a decade. And so you think that same thing, right? Like we typically overestimate what we can accomplish in a day, but we underestimate what we can accomplish in a month and in a year. Yeah. We can do so much in a full year, but we've got to put those habits in place and we have to put those practices in place in order for us to not have another year go by when we look back and think, oh my gosh, January 1st was when I said I was going to write the book yeah. or start the podcast or the blog or whatever it is that we feel called to do. So don't let another year go by of you thinking, oh, I should have done this. I mean, you have everything that you need right now to pursue whatever is calling you today. Yeah. It was interesting. I got to go see Jay Shetty talk this year and he said that, you know, he is a doer and speaking to all of the doers who are listening, he said, when I get stuck in that loop that you were just talking about, I sit down and I look at what skill am I missing? Am I missing a skill that's going to help me complete what I want to do? Am I lacking coaching? Am I lacking community? Am I lacking consistency? And we just touched on one of those. Like if you don't have the right coaching, you are fumbling your way through making mistakes, running into potholes that you do not have to be. And I think if you really stop and look at those four things, skills, coaching, community, consistency, if you don't have those, and really coaching, like all of my programs, um, all four of those things are built in, right? Like that's what you're going to get. That's where we're we're getting stalled out too, correct? Yeah. And I love that you have all those components for the people that you work with because they're all necessary, yeah. right? I mean, when you're building community, you are not only putting a little bit of that accountability just with the community because we're part of that community. We want to, hey, we want to show our successes with the community and kind of celebrate each other as we go. And also your community 
has some of those skills that you don't have and you can tap into them. And that's what's so beautiful about it. And so you need all of those pieces in order to move forward to really pursue what you want to pursue. I mean, it really just comes down to every single day we have to put our ego away and we have to show up and do the work. Like we have to just do the work. And so many people are stifled because when you start something new, you're not that good at it. Like you're not going to be the best podcaster. You're not going to be the best blogger or create video creator if you've never done it. But it doesn't mean that you can't take out your cell phone and start recording videos, sharing the message that you've been wanting to share for the past three years. Right. Because again, you start thinking, who am I to say this? Or it's already been said before. But if you still feel called to do it, like Julian and I talked about in the beginning, there's a reason why, like it's inside of you for a reason. It's not going away. And so, Hey, now is the time to tap into it and make it happen. (laughs) God wants to express itself through you and, and through what you're going to create and bring into this world. And not just that God wants to experience what you experience through your eyes, through your body. And sometimes it's just living and just experiencing along the way. Yeah. It's all of those things. I mean, we get to, yeah, we get to create every single day. I mean, every single day that we wake up is a gift. And if we looked at every single day as a gift and we get to explore all of those things that are meaningful and we get to start noticing the world around us and we get to start appreciating all of the, all of the skills that we do have, instead of focusing all the skills we don't have yet, I mean, that's what we're, I mean, every single person has, we have our own superpowers. And what I think is such an interesting, uh, when I ask people about their superpowers, what happens is they typically get shy about it because people don't want to feel conceited or cocky, but we all have a superpower. And sometimes it's really hard to identify what our superpower is because it's your superpower. You're so good at it naturally that you don't really think of it as a really great skill, but it's what makes you, you and what makes you so special. And so I often recommend for people to ask your friends, what do you, what do you think my superpower is? Like, what what do I do better than everyone else? What am I good at? Yeah. What, what do you think I'm the best at? And you'll get the best, you'll get the most incredible answers. I mean, it's also just a a good little pick me up if you need to, if you need that, because your friends are all telling you what they really love about you, which is amazing. And sometimes we just need to hear that. And you'll start to notice and recognize that your superpower, the thing that you do really well, it's probably served you in every single career path that you've chosen Mm -hmm. in some way. And so you're continuing to collect those skills and you're continuing to hone in on your superpower and get better at that and just really recognize what you're good at. And you can continue to do that kind of work because I think that's the biggest thing too with this social media and just so many people sharing their lives in the world. So often I find that people are going after dreams that they don't even want. Mm-hmm. Like they're not even really interested in, but they feel like they should be interested in because this is what everybody is doing. This is how everybody is making so much money. This is how everybody is uh, experiencing life now. No, Mm -hmm. that's not all real. We have to, again, this is one thing that we know, but we don't necessarily know, but we know that not everything that we see online is true. And so we have to really take a step back and sit in that silence. This is where I feel like 
prayer and meditation and all of those things are so important. And we kind of, instead of making time for those kinds of things, we spend our time doing other things that just kind of feed into that other way of thinking instead of, Hey, I need to be very purposeful and mindful. And I need to allow myself to sit in silence and to allow myself to really listen to what is that next step that God wants me to take? What is that next step that I'm really supposed to explore in my life? And when we do that, Oh, we might hear answers that we want to hear so badly, but we're just not letting ourselves because we're just allowing the messages to, to cover that up. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I loved this conversation, Kate. I am just so excited for you and this book release, Do What You Love, Kate Volman. Um, Kate, can you share with everybody where they can find you and your book? Yes. Thank you so much, Julie. I so appreciate you and this conversation. You are just such a light in the world and I'm just so happy to know you. And uh, yeah, the best way to reach me is you can just go to katevolman.com and I'm, I'd be so grateful for any of you that purchased the book. You can just get it on Amazon. It's probably the easiest way. You can just search my name there and uh, find the book. And I hope that, I hope that you love it. I hope it inspires you to create more of the things that only you can create. Oh, I love that. I love that. Thank you, Kate, for being a guest on the show. Open interview. I know you've got more books coming on later down the years. Let us know (laughs) when those come out. (laughs) Thank you so much. Beautiful soul. Thank you so much for joining me today. My name's Julie. You know, I'm all about connecting you with messages from your angels and loved ones on the other side. If you've been listening today and you're super excited and just have to know which angels are around you right now, who's connecting with you, and what messages they have for you, go to theangelmedium.com. Register for a session. You can do a reading with me or a member of my team. We're all incredible. We all talk to angels daily, and we can help you in making sure that your angels are doing the very best they can to support you and guide you to your best life. If this sounds like you, virtual sessions, they're only offered on my website. Sign up today. And if you're the person who's really excited, you're ready to go all in developing all of your unique spiritual gifts, growing your intuition, starting your own healing business, you can sign up for my Angel Reiki School to become a certified angel messenger. That's for the healers among us who feel called to grow their intuition to the max and serve humanity with their gifts. You'll learn Reiki, mediumship, how to deliver angel messages, and how to get clients. That's the Angel Reiki School at theangelmedium.com or DM me on Instagram at Angel Podcast with any questions. Before you go, connect with your angels by placing your hands on your heart. Take a deep breath. Imagine a doorway filled with God's unconditional love is right in front of you. Step into that love and feel it as it fills your body, chakras, and auric field. Now ask your angels, what would you have me know today? And open yourself to the positive, loving messages they have just for you.